This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Breakfast with TT. Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Power 98.7. All right, so we get then to the big news story of the day, um, and that is this matter that will be heard today at the International Court of Justice in The Hague, public hearings taking place um, in a case uh, brought by the South African government against the government of Israel. South Africa has accused Israel of violating the 1948 um, Genocide Convention in its military bombardment and siege of Gaza. Um, both Israel and South Africa have ratified the Genocide Convention. An estimated 1,300 Israelis, mostly civilians, were killed and 240 uh, taken as hostages when hundreds of Hamas military uh, of Hamas gunmen crossed from the Gaza Strip into southern Israel on the 7th of October 2023. Well, since then, Israel launched its military campaign against Hamas, and well, they say it's against Hamas in response uh, that's in response to those attacks now following that more than 23,000 people mostly women and children have been killed in Gaza um, according to the Hamas run health ministry in the area there we let's now speak to the national director of the South African Jewish Board of Deputies Wendy Khan who joins us on the line Wendy Khan, good morning to you, and thank you very much for talking to us. Yes, good morning. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, in my engagements, you know, the, your name says you're the Jewish Board of Deputies. I'm, I'm always curious in terms of how we engage um, with the SA Jewish Board of Deputies on a matter that is, you know, has got, uh, that is essentially political in nature. So, to, so mm. well, let me just tell you where I'm coming from when I say that, that, I don't see any criticism coming from, um, for example, the people, the the government in the action that they are doing, the matter that they are taking to the ICJ right now. I don't see anywhere where it's criticism of the Jewish people, but it is more of the Israeli government. And I often t- think that there is a deliberate, um, you know, ploy to conflate the two. Just tell me where you come from as a, as a board sure, of Jewish deputies. Sure. Okay. Um, the Jewish Board of Deputies is the democratically elected body that represents South African Jews. We mm. are 120 years old. Um, and I, th- I think what I need to explain to you is that South African Jews have a very, very close connection to Israel. Israel is very much a part of who we are. Um, for some of us, for some of us, it is um, religious. For some of us, it's historical. For some of us, we have many, many friends and family, close family, who live in Israel. Mm. Um, And I can just tell you, on 7th of October, there are very few Jewish people in South Africa who did not know of somebody who was killed, somebody who was tortured, somebody who was burnt alive, somebody who was taken hostage on that particular day. So it was an incredibly, incredibly painful time for us. 
our government didn't even turn around and, and wish condolences or sympathy to, to the Israeli government, but not even to their own Jewish community. We have very, very but that is strong not true, connections. Though. Okay, sorry, if you can just let me finish. I just wanted to tell you that, you know, there was a Kaplan study, it's, it's, it's the UCT did a study about three years ago. And in that study, it shows that over 90% of South African Jews have a connection to the state of Israel. So for us, it's an incredibly personal thing. When you say it's not true, I'm going to tell you it is true. For the first week of the war, we didn't hear a peep out of the South African government in terms of offering sympathy or condolences for the people that were killed. There were two South Africans that were killed on that day. Their families to this day have still not been contacted by the South African government. And that hurts. Eventually, eventually, a week later, we heard, you know, we put an advert in the, Jewish, in the Sunday Times and suddenly we heard our president coming out and offering sympathy and for the first time condemning what Hamas had done, the brutality of Hamas on that day. So we did hear it a week later. But I can tell you that, that it was incredibly noted that what Hamas did, and is still doing, they are still holding hostages. And that's what's so frustrating for us, is that, Hamas started this war. They're still holding hostages. They're still sending rocket fire into civilian areas in, in, in Israel. And yet the South African government has chosen not to have an even-handed approach. They've chosen in a way that they've never done any other conflict in the world. And I mean, recently, they refused to take sides in the Russia-Ukraine um, war. They, they made it absolute... Uh, they had to keep um, balance and they needed to be brokers in the conflict. Okay. Well, the rules are different when it comes to the Jewish state. You know, when you say that Hamas started this war, I mean, that's a um, a little disingenuous. And to some extent, really? in this, to, and I'll tell you why, if you let me sure, uh, make sure. my point first. To sure, this. sure. Because sure. It, it seeks to ignore uh, the, the history and that there is a context. This is not uh, an incident that happened out of nothing. Um, you know, it didn't just happen. This conflict did not start on the 7th of October. That uh, mm-hmm. there has been this occupation of the Palestinian territories that has happened. You don't need me to tell you for how many years that has been going on. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. over a period of time and a number of years, it has elicited responses from um, the people of Palestine, whether it be in the form of Hamas or whatever other um, Islam, uh, you know, uh, Islamic groupings that would have uh, responded. And that is where mm-hmm. that this comes from. But... Uh, what always seems to be, uh, I think, is always disappointing for me in the engagement, particularly from when I hear in a commentary from the uh, Jewish Board of Deputies, is that it uh, doesn't seem to recognize at all the conditions that uh, the people of Palestine live under and that they've been uh, uh, subjected to, you know, for, for many, many years. That it's always a singular narrative that speaks of the suffering or the attacks, or the, the, the attacks on the Jewish people. Mm, mm. Um, I, I, I hear what, it, and, and I just want to say that we are devastated, devastated by the loss of life right now, uh, both in Israel and in Palestine and in Gaza. I mean, it's, 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 it's horrific, and we want to bring an end to this. And I agree with you, the situation um, in Israel and Palestine is, is it has, there has to be some kind of resolution. But I feel that our government 
by taking sides and absolutely stonewalling Israel and not being prepared to do what they do with every other international conflict, and that is try to bring people to the negotiating table. I think that that, that is such a, a, a pity, a pity that they've, they've absolutely uh, taken themselves out of this process. And I wanted to just say something else. Yes, uh, there are problems and there are issues that need to be dealt with. But on that day, I'm hoping that you're not saying that there's any form of justification. I most certainly am not. Who went, no, sorry, who went in, they raped. There was horrific sexual violence on that day. It was documented because they were wearing GoPros, the Hamas people. So we know exactly the level of torture that they did to children, that they did to women. They went in and they burnt people alive. Yes, I mean, you, um, you can engage and, and, in no, that no, no, kind no, no. No, 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 no. I'm also no, going, no, I'm not going to. No, hang on, ma'am. Hang on, hang on, Wendy Khan. Hang on, Wendy Khan. Nobody said it was justified. Wendy Khan, Wendy Khan, you're being dishonest now. And nobody said that the attacks by Hamas on Israeli citizens was justified. But at the same token, we see images on a daily babies of children who are dying in the bombardment, women who have got nothing to do with those attacks that are dying in these attacks. And this is something that is completely lost on you. You say you want all of that to stop. You say you want all of that to stop. What needs to happen for that to stop in your view? In in my view, Hamas needs to release those those prisoners that are right now being held, women who are still being raped. They, they, They issued a video a few days ago of what these women are looking like at the moment. Um, they need to, and they really need to stop the rocket fire, and they need, they need to step down because at the moment, at the moment, this conflict could have been stopped many, many, many weeks ago. Um, the Hamas chose not to, and and, and um, for us, that's deeply, deeply troubling. And yes, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not. There are horrific problems in that in that region, and they need to be sorted out. Why could South Africa not have been part of that solution okay. when instead of I'm going to have to leave it there. I'm afraid we are out of time. Okay. Right yeah. Thank you right. very much uh, for coming on. Wendy Khan is with the uh, Board of Directors, the SA Jewish Board of, the Board of Directors. Uh, Professor Emeritus of International Law, Andre Thomashausen, uh, joins us on the line now. Good morning to you, Prof, and thank you for your time. Hey, good morning. Good morning, listeners. Right. Let me just uh, tap into your expertise as a, law, a professor of international law here in terms of the process that will be unfolding today. What are we going to be witnessing here? Because it's a process that I just think it's uh, uh, so fraught in the sense that are we going to be watching here a contestation on uh, in, uh, the law here? Or is this also going to be political theater playing out as well here? Well, it depends on what the parties put before the court. Mm. The court certainly is a court. It consists of 15 of the most eminent jurists of the world. And um, uh, there are added two further eminent uh, judges and lawyers, one from Israel and one from South Africa. Mm. Uh, This is a court of law. It deals with public international law, which is a very difficult specialization. And unfortunately, in the South African legal team, there isn't really anybody with any experience on on how this process is conducted uh, while israel is going to be uh, represented by uh, professor bernard shaw who is the foremost author of of the modern 
uh, source material on public international law mm. with with a lifelong experience in in looking into these issues and there are precedents the ICJ has ruled on the Bosnia versus Serbia case it mm. has ruled on on several instances where genocide played a role mm. and that is the core of the issue that the international Court of Justice in previous decisions has set a very high threshold mm. for proving genocidal intent. Mm. Not every war crime, not every injustice constitutes an act of genocide. Mm. And um, the threshold to meet that requirement is difficult. How much uh, then is this also going to be, some in terms of uh, the challenge that will be presented to the lawyers representing the South African government, the issue of jurisdiction that, uh, that I believe has also been raised here? Yes, but it is not that difficult because mm. the, the jurisdiction of the ICJ normally is voluntary. Mm. The states must agree, they must accept for their conflict to be ruled by that court. And we have a recent case uh, last year, Ukraine... Uh, took uh, Russia to court uh, about the aggression, where incidentally by now about 700,000 people have died. Not 20,000 as in Gaza, but 700,000 people. And South Africa never chose to, to, for instance, support Ukraine in that legal case. But Russia refused to accept the jurisdiction of the ICJ. Now, If a complaint is made under the Genocide Convention, because it's considered to be such a serious matter, then the Genocide Convention imposes jurisdiction on the parties. So Israel, in this case, couldn't simply say, no, we don't don't agree to submit to this court. They are obliged to appear Mm. under the Genocide Convention. Mm. Mm. Of course, there is no police. There's no international police. So if later Israel, like Russia, uh, turns its... uh, some against against the court, there's not much that can be done. The UN Security Council could, for instance, uh, agree to impose sanctions on Israel, but it's not likely to happen. Mm-hmm. And what of South Africa's uh, interest in the matter here? I suppose it's an issue of local standing here. Um, what, is that a, 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 is that something of significance that uh, I mean that can uh, suppose help the Israeli argue, counter arguments? Well, it is a bit problematic because South Africa appears like a a pro bono litigant. Um, South Africa is not Hamas. Mm. And and the target of of all the accusations here is Israel and Hamas. So if, for instance, the International Criminal Court, which I think will happen, if the International Criminal Court makes an interim order which says all use of force in Gaza has to stop on condition that the remaining hostages are released, then how is South Africa going to produce that result? South Africa Uh, cannot release those hostages because they are not Hamas. And Hamas will laugh at them when they come and say, release the hostages. Mm. And then the interim order will just sit there and will not become effective. Mm. That is the big risk here. Mm. Why South Africa uh, decided to approach uh, the ICJ? Well, of course, there is outrage uh, amongst many people about the horrors that have been happening in the last two months Indeed. Um, the high the high uh, death count mm. although the death count has been grammatized because as I said <laughs> the death count in in the Ukraine is is approaching a million and that is a lot mm. more the death count in Syria was over a million the death count in Iraq was mm. a million civilians the death count in Yemen was two million mm. the mm. death count currently in Sudan 
is also several million and, okay. and there's half the population starving. So the numbers aren't really the, the most convincing part here. But the emotions are there. And, uh, yeah, and there is, of course, this little thing that hangs over it, that there's an election coming in South Africa. And, of course, the ANC wouldn't want to lose uh, the vote of the South African Muslim population. Thank you so much, Prof. I appreciate your time. It's a pleasure. Professor Andre Thomashausen, UNISA Professor Emeritus of International Law. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.